Good morning, Vietnam. Holla at your boy. Uh, how's everybody doing <laughs> on this fine um, day? On this fine, beautiful, kind of springy day, actually. Yeah. This day of nice. days. We are back. Awesome. We are doing another edition of That's Canon. We did one recently, and we're doing another one for you guys today. And uh, we're really excited, guys. We're really excited. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, quiet, quiet. As always, the intro that you were hearing is Free Falling, which was produced by the one and only Abstract. Toby, a.k.a. Abstract. Uh, do you want to tell people a little bit about who Abstract is? Give them a reminder. Abstract is kind of like Moon Knight. He's my other personality. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Throwback to the last episode. Um, yeah, I just I produce beats under the name Abstract. I just I literally just take abstract sounds and put them together. What was the other the one? The it, is Abstract and what? Abstract and my other alias. Yeah. One eighty six beats, which I haven't started yet, but uh, I did create my own SoundCloud for that already, just to kind of. The, the, only, the only reason I brought it up is because you legit are like when you have multiple. <laughs> which one? Which one's the Stephen Grant and which one's the Jake Lockley? <laughs> and, and I also I also got to confirm which one are you talking about. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. That's uh, awesome. Man, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So guys, welcome back to another edition of That's Canon. Toby, uh, as you just heard, is here, aka Abstract. Myself, Brian Doc Holiday, and always joining us uh, the. The, uh, unofficial uh, Franklin Armstrong Collective brother from another. Do you want to introduce yourself, homeboy? It's Dave from uh, Wolfram Squared Idea. I'm currently writing a Trini with my co writer Chris Nicholson, which you guys should definitely check us out on Patreon for. And uh, yeah, I'm just here to give a bit of insight from a, uh, I guess, a, a young comic book, uh, aspira- young comic, what were you? Aspiring? Aspiring comic book creator. Yeah. Trying to reach my dream. Um, long time reader, <laughs> long time first time writer. Exactly. Yeah, oh man, I wish that was supposed to be my line. No, Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, no, we're uh, we're starting it today, and we're actually, ironically, we're we're tackling uh, a crossover book yep. that is actually my what actually inspired me to even start comic books, uh, which would be. Teenage, the Teen Ninja Turtles and Batman crossover, uh, which is very ironic for me because they're both something that uh, I watched as a kid and didn't know that they were comic books when I was a kid. And then I went yeah, into a true. store. I'm like, why are they on the store? I'm like, well, they were comic books first. I'm like, what? Blew my mind. Five year old Dave, they're like, that's uh, true. on the floor. That's true. I didn't you say th- ironic in terms of you not knowing that they were comic books, but I say weird the fact that they even in the same comic book. Yeah. Um, but we're definitely going to be touching on what the reason for them being in the same comic book is because when I when you said or you're the one who recommended this read and you said we're going to be reading Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I thought he was joking at first. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he meant we... I thought he meant he wanted us to read a Batman and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book. <laughs> Yeah, uh, little did we know he meant Batman meets Teenage Mutant mm. Ninja Turtles uh, in some weird, crazy circumstance yeah. and uh, uh yeah go, you can go ahead and tell what the story is yeah so ladies and gentlemen batman slash teenage mutant ninja turtles this is a dc idw crossover written by james t tinian the fourth and art by freddie e williams the second let's go into the uh, elevator pitch uh this is straight from two, those are two long names yeah i know right <laughs> yeah. might There's as well the fourth and the second. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> Add up to six, you get six characters? I don't know. Um, so the elevator pitch, DC Comics. It all starts in Gotham City as a series of deadly raids leads Batman to believe he is under he is against a group of highly trained ninjas. Somehow, the Foot Clan has crossed over to another dimension. But they haven't come alone. Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Michelangelo are on their trails. Our take on the pitch, guys. I'm gonna start this one off again. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> for me, I mean, I love I love the comics so far. Uh, it's I find it super interesting that they would take Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and cross them over with uh, DC character, especially since Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is supposed to be more a commentary on Marvel originally uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles were supposed to be a reference to uh the ooze is so the from what i understand the story is that the daredevil character who gets that ooze that messes with his eyes and gives him those sensory powers the ooze that he dropped is what turned his turtles into teenage mutant ninja turtles or something like that i might be wrong don't really? quote me yeah, but, no no you're, you're you're pretty much on the right path yeah uh, the, the ooze that gave their devil that blinded him is the same mutagen that actually created those ninja yeah ninja turtles. that's the idea uh, but they were they were it's the idea and i think they were they were a parody yes first of all originally a parody uh, yes in the same vein as uh, Howard the Duck, for example. Mm. But something happened and they just took yeah, over. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, latched, they latched onto our psyche as kids and they, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. I didn't even know that because, I mean, if you look at the first Turtles, like the, the way that it's drawn is very uh, mature because like yeah. when, when you see them on TV for the first time, like back in the 80s, I mean, they couldn't be more like viewer friendly and then when yeah. you see the comic book you're <laughs> yeah, like this yeah. is pretty bloody and scary I don't know if I want a child to read these things so it's funny how it transition but i didn't know that that's actually a really interesting fun yeah. fact and that so the, the 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 links are like the foot is actually the hand which is that's what the reference sense. is uh and then i don't remember what the other references were but uh i know there are others that there's like someone who made a list of all the references that are made mm -hmm. and crossover so i find it interesting that dc and idw decided to do a crossover as opposed to marvel maybe people felt that doing ninja turtles with marvel would be too apt to meta um if if, if anything but yeah it's very very interesting um so for me the elevator pitch would be you know, a crossover between a Batman story and uh, a psychedelic fever dream. Because <laughs> if you were in Gotham and you saw four giant turtles and a rat running around, you would assume that you got a little bit of Scarecrow's fear gas. And that's how I would pitch this to somebody. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't so actually say... Oh, sorry, you told me first. Just, was, before you guys continue on that point, going back to your point about how um, you, you would have expected Ninja Turtles to actually do a crossover with DC, uh, with Marvel instead of DC. I would, yeah, yeah. Um, you do also have to understand that DC and Marvel also share a multiverse. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. yes. I have all so, access. I, I have those whole uh, that whole run. Uh, well, I guess it does. I mean, at the end of the day, anyone could cross over. And True. they also mentioned this, as we're going to dig into it, that they do come from another dimension, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So chances are they come from that Marvel dimension and they just oh. somehow happen in this DC dimension, right? Or just a multiverse. Uh, if yeah. you're going to talk or DC, if you're right. going to talk exactly. DC lingo, right? Yeah, true, true. Exactly. <laughs> multiverse. Yeah. yeah. I feel but like yeah, I should have a monocle when I said that. Yeah, mm -hmm. fever dream. Yeah, for me, it's a Batman <laughs> Gotham fever dream 
where a bunch of uh, and I won't say it because we're we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but uh, a bunch of robins running around. But but, um, <laughs> but I wouldn't even see it necessarily as that because if I was someone walking down Gotham, I'd be like, so did Killer Croc get friends? Oh yeah, that sure would be does. more. That'd be more. I'd actually feel like it's it's like that. But that's true. To be honest, I'm not. I'm not. When I when I when I heard of this coming out, I was actually not surprised in the sense that they both. If you if you go down to like how they both came in initially. Uh, you know, and when I say initially for Batman, I mean more like when they start to make him more darker, not like, you know, the 1960s version or anything of Batman. The type of artistry that they both have is actually very similar. And they're both very dark backgrounds if you actually go to original Ninja Turtle comics. So it kind of makes sense that they cross over. It kind of reminds me a little bit about how they once did the Judge Dredd Batman crossover. Mm, okay. Right. So, Oddly enough, the turtles do fit in the aesthetics of a Batman Exactly. Comic. Yes, yes, that's true. I, I will say they that. Do, they do. I'm not saying that the characters don't fit. I'm saying that as someone who doesn't understand what's going on, I would assume yeah. I'm high. <laughs> okay. That I'll and dispute. Also, <laughs> that I'll dispute. And, and, and my take on this, just from the, like, I have to allow myself to be in a world where Batman is okay with this happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Like, he's he's almost way too calm about it to me in, in terms of, you know, seeing these walking, sure, there's Killer Croc, and Killer Croc is an anomaly. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any other mutant-looking things running around Gotham like Killer Croc. Yeah, uh, there's in Gotham the, the Flash has the shark the um right yeah right. but that's King not shark. so he knows uh, of his existence but also still it's not no, there's enough there's enough if, if we're gonna go about it, you have you have your freezes you have um, uh, Clayface oh, yes. monster I'm talking monster reptilian looking yeah well I mean well I thought just monster I mean Clayface is pretty. I guess like, he's, 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 I'm just saying he's, yeah. he's seen this yeah. before is all I'm I, trying I to say. I see what Dave's saying. I guess. Yeah, I, so you're right. Maybe it's not even just, it's not, it's not Batman's world that's messed up. It's, it's our world. That's, yes. Yeah. I was just going to say, <laughs> exactly. Toby, I was just going to say the same thing. We as outsiders trying to read this are right. so used to a Gotham that doesn't have teach mutant Ninja Turtles running around that the idea right. of seeing them threw me off the first time. Cause I was just like, yeah. why would you have four teenage turtles running around Gotham? Let alone. That's and like when Eric Cole made an appearance on, appearance on Full House. Yeah. <laughs> 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 old school yeah old school true, 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 true. that's amazing yeah so uh i mean i don't know i don't know dave do you want to give people a little bit more rundown because oh. you because you're a big fan of oh, this I, i'm completely like I'll, I'll i'll even do this spoiler if you ninja turtles if you like batman uh either separately or together mm. uh this is a, a in my opinion a really good mashup uh mainly because first of all the art styles completely complement each other mm. uh and one thing that's really cool is that they actually mesh the art styles, so it's, you're, I was I was wondering I was trying to figure out oh are they going to do it more Batman or are they going to do it more Ninja Turtles and it's really an easy mesh of the two and one thing yeah. that I actually like and um, it's that you I've I've tried to read crossover stories before and sometimes people get really convoluted with trying to make everything tie in and whatnot this was a very simple premise which is like. The premise is like the an average episode of like a Ninja Turtles episode mm. where Shredder's just trying to take things over. Yeah. As and then you have Batman, which is a regular Batman episode of trying to figure out what the fuck is going on True. and how do I fix this. Yeah. Basically what the six issues are and it complements each other so well and I don't want to get into because I know there's going to be yeah. other yeah, we're gonna things go that we're going to talk about but like how the characters align and even the comparisons that you could give between other characters and we already gave out like the whole potential robin yeah. there's other ones that I, i'm going to bring up later on though. yeah 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 
Okay, oh. guys, uh, so that's our elevator pitch DC Comics, uh, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, DC, IDW crossover. And uh, yeah, now we're going to be going into our favorite segment that we do on the show. This one is called Judgment Call. Uh, so, <laughs> the main event of the evening, Judgment Call. Do you have a timer, my good man? I will have a timer. So uh, this week, Dave is going to be the judge, and um, uh, Toby and I will be facing off on this uh, edition of you Judgment Call. Going, like, chopping block. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about going to episodes in a row, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna get my stretch on. Uh, my stretch I'll do my best to get my win in this one. Oh. <laughs> I will avenge. I will oh, avenge yes, you, Cable. Oh, <laughs> Uh, so I'll digress with my comments. Do you, do you who uh, do you guys want me to go first? Oh um, uh, well, uh, uh, yeah, I, we'll I do, go first. do we have to do another intro? I mean, I mean, if people are coming in for the first time, well, uh, just yeah. for for free for, for people who potentially are, are are hearing this for the first time. So this is judgment call where we give two competitors uh, a chance to fight for their right for their character to be in the spotlight, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, each competitor will be given three minutes to plead their case, and then once each each competitor has given that the, their three minutes and said what they've had to say. Each competitor will then be given a minute to bash down, tear apart, destroy, or just plainly make fun of the other's mothers and <laughs> uh, trying to bring down uh, their pitch. Uh, that being said, um, we'll do a mag- the magic toying class last time went to Toby, so I'm actually going to give it to Brian first time around this time. Oh, yeah. That's true. Okay, okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> this being said, so your time... Are, are you ready, good sir? I am are, are ready. You, are, would you like to at least tell you it's before we start the time? Oh, who yes, you will that's be true. Pitching? So, ladies and gentlemen, I will be presenting on behalf of the Creeper, uh, the DC character who uh, is probably the least respected DC character I've ever seen. But based on, and I, I own I, multiple trades. <laughs> I'm one of the few people who find the Creeper to be one of the most interesting characters in the DC universe, and he gets no respect. He's not featured anywhere. He's never on any teams or anything, and I feel like he deserves a bigger spotlight. So, all right, okay. So your three minutes, and I, and I imagine Toby, this is your chance of like going on the internet and trying to find all the trash talk about the Creeper. Uh, you have three minutes to do so. Uh, so your time starts in three. Two, one, go. Hey, everyone. So we're going to be talking about the Creeper, Jack Ryder, who is a journalist and a reporter. Uh, The Creeper starts off as a character who is, I guess, he's kind of like a a Bill O'Reilly almost. He's kind of like a a hot bag of pure gas. And... um, and he just, uh, he, you kind of just hate him. That's one of the things about him. You kind of just hate him early on. But one of the things that makes him so interesting is that because you hate him, you kind of want to root for him. Once he gets his powers and you find out that he is uh, a reporter who's been, you know, he's just on the grind, but he is a wanted man by, you know, those kind of underground people, criminals, the, the type that you would see in Gotham. Oh, by the way, he's from Gotham, meaning he's always constantly in the shadow of the bat, the ultimate Gotham hero. And, you know, the bat's rogue of little boys that he's killed numerous times. Whereas the creeper, not taking any sidekicks, by the way, not getting anybody killed, just pointing that out. Um, if anything, one of the biggest things that I find interesting about the creeper and probably one of the reasons that in within Gotham he doesn't get a lot of love is he looks like the Joker. Uh, he has yellow skin, green hair. Uh, he is known for his homicidal howling cackle. 
and uh, that makes you know a lot of people see him more as a vision of a villain than a freakish vigilante, which he is. Uh, he is. Um, he he's never been kind of recognized to be on any teams. He's worked with the outsiders, but that's as far as that's gone. And when it comes to his power set, guys, here's the thing. When you're talking about a character that has, you know, the powers and the things, his special abilities are extra, extraordinary strength, stamina, recuperative powers, and insanely fierce fighting style. Um, he kind of fights like an animal when he gets into the ring with people, and that makes him super interesting as a character. And one of the things that I find... I gotta say, one of the things that's the most is people don't give the Creeper a chance because no one's ever written the Creeper properly. If you were to take the Joker, uh, and I know they're doing that right now, the White Knight story, for example, where you have the Joker being a, a hero, but the Joker gets cured to be a hero. If you took the Joker at his core, the insanity and the craziness and the strength and the kind of, and stripped away some of the more violent tendencies and use that force for good, you get someone like the Creeper. And that's the thing. No one pays attention to someone like that. They all kind of see the face, the smile, they hear the cackle, and they assume, villain, I don't want to deal with him. And that's a mistake, because when it comes down to it, he deserves the spotlight, because he has a lot to say, and there's a lot of cool things that he could do. Also, you know, for a hero in Gotham, with that much power, like, he has similar powers to, like, I can't say a Wolverine, but... Uh, no, he's not like a Wolverine, but he can jump. He has that stamina and strength, and he can do a lot of cool shit. That's all I'm saying. Ooh, right at the buzzer. Right at the buzzer. That's how I go. Right at the buzzer. I use my time, baby. Yeah. Right I can't wait to get at this guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is no one can see us because we're doing the podcast, but I can see Toby, and he's, like, salivating. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, like, like he really, he's, he's just like me last time. Like, oh, you, you took on Gamble. I'm going to lace. Okay. So uh, so do you want to just say who you're, who you're going to be doing? Quick before we so, start. I am bringing our guy from the first episode, Moon Knight. Is just- <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Wants to do a we throwback. just did a whole episode about yeah. why he's a character. <laughs> he's, he's, got the, he's done his research, though. You can tell him that. That's way. fair. I look forward to this. So okay, so in three, two, one, go. All right, so just because we've talked about him doesn't mean anyone else is. Mm. All right, now, who is Moon Knight? Real identity, real identity in quotes, Mark Spector. <laughs> um, he's an American, obviously. Um, live, he's, he's, I guess you would describe him, he's a living avatar of an Egyptian god. Um, and that Egyptian god being Khonshu, the moon god. Um, moon Knight right now, as far as the story that we're reading, Lunatic and, and so on, is actually like, I think, uh, when I looked it up, apparently he's been the best iteration of Moon Knight as far as like artistry and, and creative writing. Um, so I think that level of complexity in a character deserves to be shown to the world. Um, not in the form of a movie though, because that wouldn't do it justice. I actually want to see a Moon Knight TV show. Mm. And the reason for that being Moon Knight is kind of like, to me, he's, he is a cross of kind of like Daredevil and Batman. There are similarities, obviously, and people are always going to draw that to Batman and all these things and. I think Moon Knight himself has a lot more to offer than that. There's religious implications in the actual uh, comic graphic novel that we read. Um, the only thing, and I'm going to go against him a little bit here, is it's a little gimmicky in the sense that, like, his weaponry. 
So if that that's something that I would change if I was writing uh, Moon Knight is kind of just take him away from that Batman similarity a bit and not giving him like that uh, boomerang, you know, obviously batarang shaped um, sort of weaponry. Um, his powers and abilities at this point he is to, over the course of his life has been a boxer, a U.S. Marine, a mercenary superhero he's skilled in hand-to-hand combat techniques martial arts such as boxing kung fu judo karate ninjutsu muay thai dude is an olympic level athlete and a skilled acrobat and a gymnast he excels as comeback strategist this is someone who's real he's kind of like the punisher the punisher got his fair due and his fair sorry his fair share of screen time recently uh on netflix so it goes to show you that a character like that can exist in this world that netflix is creating or disney's creating on tv I would love to see a lot more of Moon Knight in that aspect of things. There's more than just a superhero movie here or a TV show here. It's actually uh, it's a it's a real issue that people on the daily actually deal with. This is a real thing, and it's something that I think a lot of people would be interested in. If you saw the movie Split and you loved it, you would like Moon Knight as a character. Um, and uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't really have much else to say in terms of that, but I would like to see Moon Knight more in the mainstream. Um, and just to delve more into his insanity uh, and his multiple personalities. Okay. Sure. With 10 seconds to Go. spare. With 10 seconds to spare. Chill, chill, chill. All right, well, that's uh, you, got, you got a bit of work on there. I'm going to tell you that much. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think well. he learned from the last time. <laughs> <laughs> it, was very well done. it was very well done. Very well done. Okay, so uh, you have the chance and keep it. Uh, you don't have to keep it PG. Put it as R as you want. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick to the facts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and ready, set, go. Uh, first things first, who would I be watching? Would I be watching Spectre, Lockley, Grant, Moon Knight, some other character his brain might snap into? Who's saving the day when a hero doesn't know who he is and he himself needs to be saved on a regular basis? Let alone in the last comic that we were just discussing. Granted, Jeff Lemire is writing by far one of the best versions of Moon Knight, but also writing a version of Moon Knight where we ourselves discuss we don't even know who the character is. He doesn't know who the character is. At the end of the day, the people around him who are trying to help him are either taking advantage of him or helping him. We don't even know. And that's the problem with Moon Knight. If you gave me a show and I got my 13 Netflix episodes I don't want it to be like Iron Fist where every episode is me trying to figure out who are you because you just keep saying I'm Moon Knight I don't need that in my life I need a story about a character who can do things and also one thing his strength wanes with the the strength of the moon and unless you got a full moon you got a weak character that's all I'm saying <laughs> he tells the, the werewolf card <laughs> he gives out the werewolf the card you're rude for him you know you get stuck in a situation alright 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 fine alright cool cool alright so uh, all right. Tobes you, you, you good you ready yeah we're ready set go yeah what do you think of when you think of the word creep <laughs> what, do, what do what do women think of when they hear oh, the word creep? Fucking hell. When I <laughs> when I think of creep and uh, sorry, the creeper. First of all, you know the character in Jeepers Creepers movie is actually called the creeper, and he seems from your description of what you call the creeper, this guy in Jeepers Creeper actually seems more interested than. <laughs> oh. I, would, I would rather see more Jeepers Creepers. Give me thirty Jeepers Creepers movies so I can see the actual real creeper. Also, the creeper was created by Steve Ditko for DC. What? His best work is all in Marvel, so oh. he gave DC his throwaway oh. garbage. Oh. And that's- <laughs> And that's what the creeper is. Nobody wants to see a yellow-haired, whatever the hell he is, joker-looking mother lover. Keep him in the sewers, exactly where he belongs in Gotham City. Deuces. 
man. He didn't even take the whole minute for I that. Know. That was so on point. That was amazing. Just shat on him. Well, we know who you're picking. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that was so on point. Way to stay. Way to stay above the judge. Okay. Okay. No. no okay. 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 Give me. Give me a sec. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna judge this properly. Okay. First of all, you. You both did bring up uh, good points. Gonna slightly give take away some demerit points to Toby because we did take a whole episode to discuss. So you're gonna start right. at a bit of a minus. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Brian that. I'm gonna give you start with a bit of a minus. Um, uh, <laughs> Do research. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, one thing though, uh, Brian, you made you brought up a lot of good points. Like it's basically you know the the Joker being like how he'd be like a good guy. Um, I know the creep a little bit. Uh, the creeper a little bit. Um, he he's uh he's been the when he before he was turned into the creepy uh, creeper he was like the, th- the thorn of batman in like a negative space uh, journalistic yeah. wise yeah exactly so it, i could see how a lot could be taken out there yeah that's why i said he's like a bill o'reilly yeah one. exactly um then but then uh, as toby was saying you know there's a lot of assets that you can go through there's a lot of things that you could delve into there's a, a lot of uh con- um and I like that characters, different characters. Exactly. And and I like that you said not a movie, a TV show, because if you would have promoted mm-hmm. movie, you would have lost me. The fact that you said a TV show, I think it's smart because you could delve in the psyche. And I'm actually going to say, Brian, part of your uh, rebuttal as to why not is actually why I would want to see him on TV, <laughs> because I think he would do great with the Netflix TV shows. If you gave me a season of just trying to figure out what was going on, I actually think that would be interesting because I think you have enough to delve into that yeah. while still creating yeah. a story arc. And the other, but the one thing that I will say, one thing that's also waning my opinion is that I have heard of the Creeper before oh, okay. in other, like he's been on TV before. Uh, he's been in a Batman, the animated series. He's been in a few other animated things as well. Whereas Moon Knight has actually more or less never been anywhere. Except for the, the comic. Yeah. Except for the comics. I think maybe Moon Knight was once in a video game where I'll give yeah. Creeper has never been. No. Uh, that being said though, uh, Toby did kind of destroy you with, with his oh, rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> Even uh, I have to eat. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like I, I saw the, like he looked like he lost like when you were talking. You saw him. <laughs> him like his like if you did like, co-created him was it, was, it was his throwaway <laughs> character you know? i was like good no, god i was like damn no, that was like the whole rusty metal thing that i said again yeah. um so yeah. unfortunately that's fair um the do the fact of the, the 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 a bit more exposure for the creep creeper and the fact that i think a lot more stories could be said with moon knight um, and also the fact that I don't like that you compared the creeper to Wolverine. I'm just gonna throw that out there. You, you, you made that little. <laughs> well, I'm, not like- I'm saying in the sense of his like, who would you compare him to on a level with you know like he he has a healing factor because when he first turns into a creeper he was shot and he heals. He mm. he he has stamina strength. And he goes into like a berserker mode when he fights. His fighting That's style true. is just animalistic. That's, true. That's why I compared but him to he, Wolverine. He's, he's more he's more Blanca than Wolverine, though. Oh, Ooh. you little bastard! <laughs> he's easy to be taking your good you're points still, away. Like, still, he's still you're doing still it. You're still attacking. <laughs> so uh, hands- you won, okay? <laughs> so the the cannon is this the one where we say it's the cannonball and you're the cannon fodder? Is that there's that? No, that's yeah. the other one. No, it's the other second. So no, but no, reigns to Toby. Toby took yeah. it to the to the hoop. He he, he, dunked it. he broke the glass. There he you takes go. It. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Oh, God. So 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 hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but that was our segment, Judgment Call. If you guys uh, ever have suggestions, you can always hit us up. Uh, hit us up on. Uh, you can tweet at us on at 
uh, a strong Franklin and uh, on Twitter, or you can hit us up on Vero. We're under Franklin Armstrong Collective. Uh, going into our next segment, ladies and gentlemen, this is the review of Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles DC IDW crossover. This is the first one, by the way, because they do do a second one. Yeah, the, well, the second one's coming out this year. Oh really? Uh, it's it's it, well, 2018. I'm not sure if it's potentially already started. Maybe start at the oh, end okay. of December. Uh, I just know that the next one is. Whereas this one was like more Shredder, and not to give anything away, but like it's Reshal Ghoul on the Batman side. This side, it's going to be um, on the second one at least. It's going to be a Bane, from my understanding. I only saw oh. a cover, so okay. That's, okay, okay, that's all I saw. Uh, so let's start off. Uh, let's uh, since you read most of it. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Toby and I had to admit that uh, we did not have a, a chance to flee delve into Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, as we should have for this and I do apologize for that but if anything that turns this into an opportunity for us to give you our our first impressions of it and for you to you know knock it home Um, Mm. so you know the layup to the dunk Um, so maybe I should start then in that case because you've uh, so my first impression I've uh, as I mentioned Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to me came across a little bit as a, a fever dream. Um, but like Toby and I mentioned earlier, that comes down more to the fact that as DC readers and as Marvel readers um, reading this crossover, it kind of seemed like, why the hell are there, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like l- tall reptiles running around Gotham City? Because weirdly enough Gotham being the crazy city that it is for some reason it still seems weirder to have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles running around which it shouldn't we should and I mean Dave was right it's something we should just accept because it's Gotham you have Freeze you have Killer Croc you have a woman who turns plants into dead deadly creatures why would Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah you have a guy named Penguin yeah I mean who looks kind (laughs) of like a penguin uh he's a disgusting human being by the way um (laughs) But, I mean, all those things considered, it shouldn't be shocking. But I guess because of how we've read DC in the past, it was a little shocking to me. So the first few the first few issues um, that I read, it was trying to get over my assumptions about DC. Because this story is set in Gotham, so it felt more like the Turtles coming to DC than it did like uh, a like equal crossover. Uh, I mean, I've read the Avengers uh, meet the Transformers, and that one felt like an actual blending because G- the Cobra w- ends up working really well with the Decepticons mm. uh, in an almost like perfect copacetic. Um, uh, Interesting. So this this kind of was similar to when um, CW does a crossover, and each character goes to a different universe yeah. to the other one. So yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. So it's not like a mesh. It's more like you're exactly. going from your world to the other yes. world. Yeah, and that's yeah. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But for me, when I'm reading this story, I I prefer stories where it feels like things have meshed together than people right. have been transplanted. And I mean, but it takes you out of it a little bit. A yeah. little bit. But I mean, the story is about them physically being transplanted. They're mm. in another dimension. Yeah. Uh, so so I mean so the story is that the uh, I mean Shredder and crew uh, the the foot have ended up in Gotham City. They are breaking into different um, labs like R and D mm. labs to steal technology to try and find their way back mm. to their dimension. And the Ninja Turtles ended up with them uh, in Gotham. And um, from that story, Batman, who is you know obviously the protector of Gotham, is trying to figure out why these labs keep getting hit. 
And in the first issue, the first panel, the story is being told to Batman by a young woman who was at Power Industries, who was there when the first assault happened. And she describes the turtles to Batman, which then leads him on a hunt for who are these monstrous creatures. She, yeah, she describes them as monstrosities. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, Topes, go ahead. Topes. Okay, sorry. I'm in the same, uh, I guess, the same lane, the same route as you in terms mm. of how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I still have a hard time letting go yeah. <laughs> when I'm reading this, um, in terms of like, okay, I, do I allow it to be a turtles world or a Batman world? Mm. And it's kind of like you said, there's no real mesh. Yeah. So I do have to understand the turtles. Okay. To make this work for me, I had to be in Batman's world and which is what the turtles are in. But when I say in Batman's world, I mean like in the reading state of mind for a Batman comic. Yeah. Cause it's not as jokey. As although they try to insert jokes here and there with the turtles, it's still kind of serious. Yeah. Um. They use they use Raph's anger a lot more in this. Actually, yeah. 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 To kind of give you keep you grounded in Gotham. Um. They try to insert Mikey's Ooh, humor in there, point. like Mikey, Mikey, and uh, and uh, who was Donatello? Donatello. And I said, no, no, Mikey and Leo are so enamored. Oh yes, with, it's uh, true. Yes, yes. With, with, so, with Batman, so enamored with Batman. <laughs> yeah. It's actually kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I find that Leo though it's more of like a respect yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I see. It's yeah, more like yeah. a... because at one point, at one point, Batman gives an order and Leo's like, "Yes, sir." Yeah. <laughs> and rap is and rap is like, "What, sir? Why are you saying, sir?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they. But the reason why Leo actually, I think, is at the fortress. I guess the bad cave to them. They they yeah. saw like all the cool gadgets and equipment. So you can tell they're still kind of kids too. They are teenagers. Yeah, true. Uh, they're true. supposed to be forever teenagers. So you can see like the the Robins you guys mentioned earlier in past. They are sort of like they want to be almost psychics to this Batman character. It mm. feels like they'll do anything just to be cool like him. And mm. the whole from the from the beginning, ever since they met Batman, all Mikey could say was, "Oh man, how freaking awesome is that?" Yeah, guy? Yeah. Well, he does the chart, right? Like, yeah, is yeah. he a bad guy or is he a good guy? But how cool is he? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He does that. Yeah, he um, he goes on the board and he puts yeah. pros and cons of why yeah. he's a good guy and, and cons against him, and the pro outweighs the cons still. Yeah. So. It's kind of cool later on when you see them team up and him almost like it's weird. He's like meeting his real life hero that he never knew he had. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he got to meet him. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there definitely are a lot of great aspects to this. It's kind of an intriguing crossover, but I did enjoy what I read so far. Yeah. Well, one thing that I'll say, and again, like and I've, I said it a few times, I'm obviously biased when I, when I was reading it, but when I, I didn't come through that the spectrum that you guys were looking mm-hmm. at, like in the sense of like, oh, how is this going to match? I was like, you know what? I and, I and it's usually and I, I take the same approach whenever I watch a movie, a TV show or whatever. To me, it's are you true to the characters? And one thing that's sometimes hard when you're doing crossovers is that someone will not be at all who they regularly are. And I thought that one thing that they did w- was on point for this whole thing is Batman was Batman, Raph was Raph, true. Donnie was Donnie, Mike was Mike, who was Leo and Splinter was Splinter. Splinter was always oh, yeah. always a, 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 a teacher. and a teacher, yes. You know, yes. even to Batman, he was a teacher. Yes, uh, I agree with that. And then Batman, it makes sense that he would be a father figure-ish to them because they are the younger ones. And it's not, it wasn't, that wasn't taken away. Oh, kind of like how Nightwing I, is I to Robins. Know. Exactly. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't know about father figure, though. That's or, kind of a strong... Or, no, maybe bro- like brother, older brother. Older, okay. like, you know... Yeah, exactly. A, because a, a, a role actually, model. Is this, is, is this, I don't know, because I'm not really into the... IDW. Turtles lore as much these days as that should be, 
But do they actually call Splinter father this much? Yes, they do. They yeah. call him master, they and when they're when they when they're in emotional states, they call him father. Yeah, father. Okay, interesting. Yes. So that like, I, that I did know. Yeah. So like the one thing for me when I was like reading this, I was like, "Are you going to stay true?" And I find first of all, the dialogue for all the characters I just named completely on point. Uh, they don't lose. They don't lose their. The turtles don't lose their inner roles within the mm -hmm. team. And they are still able sure. to, to be a role towards Batman. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's sure. a lot of interesting similarities. Like at one point, I remember you guys were saying, oh, uh, and this is something we had a conversation off camera. Oh, I can't believe the Turtles got dupped by Batman in a fight. But if you think about it, yeah. every well, time. I mean, yeah, well, sorry. Because well, if, if, if you think about it, every time they fight the uh, Shredder for the first time, Shredder. they lose, right? Yeah. And one thing that you'll learn later on is that Resh al Ghul gets into the mix. And in this way, how they draw, how they draw it, they're literally parallels at this point. Like, the trolls could be seen as Batman, and then Shredder is the equivalent of Resh al Ghul. And then at the end, the trolls are able to beat Resh al Ghul in a fight, which is just like how all the other turtle movies are. It's like, we'll lose our first fight against an individual and then, like, out get better. Yeah. And then Resh al Ghul has always been considered the equivalent of Batman. So, if, yeah. So, I if, mean, if they beat by boy, Batman, so then they beat Resh al Ghul. He's the beast, isn't he? Like, he's he's, he's known, the he's the demon king. The demon king. Yeah. He's known as the best fighters in the world yeah. regularly. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you live that so long, you, also. You, Sorry, Tobes, go ahead. You play, you play Shredder and Resh al Ghul on the same level, though. I would if you compared their universes, right? Because we're not. I'm not saying that oh, okay. they fight them. Okay. I'm saying like if you take the universe of the turtles and compare it to the right, universe right, of right. Batman, that's where you would see the equivalencies. Other right. things that I thought were well, really. I, I mean, it, it, you can see that in when Shredder comes to town and already just wants to take over. Like, yeah, literally exactly. already has Penguin everyone falling in line because yeah. he's that much better than yeah. they are. So and, and I could definitely see that in their universes how they are they, they are comparative. Plus, one of the things with Shredder, and I mean, uh, to continue the comparison, he has, instead of the league, he has the foot. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's one of the advantages that Shredder has coming into town. Yeah. He has an army. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, Penguin has his little boneheaded henchmen, you know, <laughs> who are who turn on him very quickly yeah. from what you see. There's no loyalty there. That's the other thing. Nope. When you see that Killer Croc is paid out these these villains to try and steal mm -hmm. a piece of the Batmobile and the guy goes, you know, we better get paid. We left a good gig with Penguin for this. Mm. And you're like, there's no loyalty among thieves. Whereas with Shredder, the foot would die for him. Yeah, they they Hell I think yeah. one actually kills himself in in one of the, the issues. In for the, sure. Like, yeah. When he's being uh, They're regularly willing to yeah. die for him. And that's that and the league, those members would. So I see the comparison even yeah. like uh, on that yeah, level. The, the foot the foot clan ninjas are kinda of like stormtroopers in that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what's really cool and like not to spoil it guys, but eventually Resh al Ghul and the League of Assassins do team up with Shredder and the Foot Clan. Yeah, and it becomes a very interesting story arc. And 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 the only thing I thought initially was weird is like how did Shredder get here? And then you find out later on that Krang actually threw him through the the portal that usually puts him into Dimension X, and that's why he's here. I'm like, that is amazing because Everyone knows that Krang and Shredder don't get along. No. So the fact that they that's just, the reason just, why he's here makes so much sense. Yeah. Like yeah, one thing they just is team up for the ultimate goal, but Krang kind of now the, the fact that he got rid of him, he's you know looking to take over. Yeah. Exactly. Own, so. And like it's one of those things. It's like when I was reading this, one thing I thought was really interesting, and again being a super fan of both both things being meshed up, is the simplicity of the storytelling is exactly what it needed. Mm. Like there's you didn't need to make something convoluted and anything. They're here. They met. We have to beat somebody, and how they did it really worked, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a classic. Like, I, I, I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like, like we said, uh, and what you're describing still works as an like instead of meshed, it's just one on top of the other. But it's still the idea of good guys, bad guys, 
what are you guys doing? We don't like we not that we don't like it. It's illegal. It's dangerous. It will harm people. So we the good guys are going to work against you the bad guys and we're going to take care of business. And the, also the cameos that they do later on because you see Arkham at one point mm. and the, and the cameos that they give the Batman characters very minimum time mm -hmm. but every Batman villain that's given you're like that's that was the essence of that character. Yeah. The Joker even at one point he's like he's talking to uh, one of the um the orderlies or the psychiatrists in Arkham and he's like I hear there's a big party going on I really can't wait to join I might kill some of your guards on the way out like the Joker ironically is really on point through the whole thing and he's given like 10 lines yeah and even and then even at that he's like once this fight's over he basically and this is not the exact quote but he's like once this fight's over I'm just gonna kill those guys and take over what they did yeah like he's literally yeah, sitting yeah. back and watching the world burn which is like that's you couldn't get more Joker than that. Yeah, no, I agree. It makes you it makes you realize that Batman's motives in this are also kind of selfish because Ninja Turtles show up in your town, fine. Uh, I can get away. I can you know deal with that. Make maybe train them to become my Robins again, you know. But then you have Shredder who, if he stays in this world, that's another top tier villain that I'm gonna have to deal with as Batman. So I do need these turtles. Not to revert back. Oh, another thing to mention is if they stay in this dimension for mm. too long, they actually revert back to being actual turtles. And they're so the only effect because they have the mutagen. Because it's because of the mutagen specifically. I'm not trying mutagen. to cut you off. I'm just trying to add specific right. because of the mutagen. Yeah. Right, the mutagen inside the turtles. So um, Splinter and the turtles will go back, but Shredder and the Foot Clan will still remain. Yeah. So Batman is actually need actually needs the turtles or needs all the helping to get at this point, which yeah. is only the turtles apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, Where's your Justice League, Batman? <laughs> defeat, defeat, defeat Shredder in this situation. So once you actually understand and kind of see the story for what it is, and like you said, this is simple enough for as a plot for it to work. Yeah. Any yeah. more convoluted or any more complicated, and it would just been it just would have taken you out of it completely. So this is a very, very fun read because of that. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. The, the, and I just want to do like two quick like pros and cons. The, the, the only cons I really saw out of this, how the turtles ended up getting to the Batcave was a little weak. They just like went through yeah. tunnels. Yeah, I'm like, how did no one figure this out first? <laughs> yeah, Splinter just like, you almost use his rat nose. And yeah, like, you know. I can smell it. <laughs> um, and I uh, and this is just like a personal pet peeve. They actually have my most hated Batmobile in this. Oh, it's the yeah. one that looks like a cat. It's he's ugly. He's a bat. He's it's not ugly, a cat. Yeah, it's so um, ugly. But the 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 high the high high marks I'll give this. Uh, love Michelangelo's uh, comedy. I thought one thing that was cool about this is that it was sprinkled on perfectly. I yeah. love his interactions with the Batcave and all the toys. Uh, his interactions with Alfred are, is great. Yeah. Um, the robot, robot butler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the robot, robot dinosaur there's and everything. There's another scene where they were getting attacked on the street and then he runs into the pizza store yeah. to warn. To yeah, <laughs> citizens. The there's a man in a bat suit attacking us. <laughs> and they're like, they're freaking out because he's a big turtle that just walked through the, the door. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that was You're great. the person who's scary. That was great. Uh, so I think right. that was really done well. And I really liked an arc where, a mini arc within it where, where Raph was really questioning who Batman was. Yeah. And like, oh, you're just some rich boy in a bat suit. And then, you know, Batman does the whole like, oh, my parents died and all that stuff. And just how they did it. I'm like, this is so it's like it's like they had a Leo and Raph skit, but they replaced oh. Leo with Batman. I was like, this is I, great. I, I, I have an issue with Raph at times. And I did have an issue with Raph in this one at times because of just how gung ho and just he just doesn't think you don't need someone like that on your team. He's a liability. Mm. I know he's a, probably one of the strongest on the team. He is, yeah. But he he is the strongest on the team. But he's a, he's a liability because look, he almost got himself killed by going to attack Shredder on his own and getting his artery. One of the cut main open, arteries yeah. in his arm like cut open and almost bleeding to death. Right. Yeah. So 
this is <laughs> but I do recognize that and uh, that scene that you were talking about for uh, for me one um, one other thing that I liked that I found very interesting was the Batman is dealing with the death of his family anniversary and that Alfred is trying to explain to him you never actually deal with it every year it comes by and you find a way to distract yourself with a project and woe and behold you're so blessed that this time it just so happens that large turtles ninja turtles show up and you get to just kind of put that to the yeah. side i, I thought that was the large a, normally the large project is like a, making a new suit yeah. or making a new ship or something flamethrower the intimidate yeah, yeah. So I found it interesting. It was well done. Yeah. It was it, it's a it's a good reference uh, and it's a reminder that he doesn't deal with the death of his parents very well. Anyway, sorry. And, and one one last thing, and this is the last pro I'll give it. And this is this is purely for the people who really like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. In the in the third issue, about at the halfway point, Splinter's reencountering what's going on in their universe. Yeah. And there's this amazing splash page where you see all the villains lined up, and in the background. Uh, you have a classic Ninja Turtle pose, which is them like on the roof, and they, they all have their weapons out. They redid, and it's a it's a very famous cover. It's I think it's like cover one or two of the actual Ninja Turtles volumes, like mm -hmm. out of the first ones. And they redid it with this art. It's one of the things. Like I saw it, I looked at it for like that's cool. Ten minutes, yeah. boss. It's so it's it's beautiful. It's okay. absolutely beautiful. So yeah, that's the review, ladies and gentlemen. And we're gonna be going into our next segment. This one is called non-canon we like to take characters that we felt uh, we like to team up characters that we felt would almost never interact within their own universes and then put them up against two against a team that they would almost never cross them over with mm. speaking of crossovers so in this one we've decided to put lobo most famously known as a superman villain i would say lobo and rorschach versus carnage and moon knight <laughs> I, just the idea of Carnage and Moon Knight makes me think, what the hell? <laughs> Never happened. Yeah. If anything, it would just make Moon Knight think he's crazier if he saw some red <laughs> red symbiote but thing. Look, look, look at the people you're pitting against each other. And actually, the first question to ask is, can they function well enough as a team in the first place to actually defeat the other team? Yeah, <laughs> this is like non -ca not canon, the insanity version. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. So I, I'm going to take a stab at so in the story because the way we usually play it out is we just we explain why we think one team would win over the other right mm, yeah uh, so right. I'm gonna say I would I think that Carnage and Moon Knight might actually have an advantage if Moon Knight because Moon Knight's mind is weaker uh, something that he admits regularly when he talks to Kunsu mm. and he has a weak mind he is a broken person Carnage takes advantage that symbiote specifically likes to take advantage of weak minds so the last time, because uh, Carnage is on Cletus, I think. Yeah. And most recently, funny enough, he's on Norman Osborn. Oh, no way. In the really? comic book. Recently, wow. he's been... Uh, Norman Osborn has the symbiote. Um, so Carnage likes Broken Minds because it makes him stronger in the sense that he can take advantage of the mind and have more control. And I feel he like... Take over completely. Yeah, he can take over completely. And I feel like Carnage with the... like taking advantage of someone like Moon Knight who has the abilities, the skills, the fighting skills and you know <coughs> there, there are aspects of Moon Knight that might be willing to do things that you are questionable and Carnage will you know take advantage of those weaknesses and fill in the gaps with his symbiote and just you know, someone like Lobo. Lobo's amazing. Uh, huge, huge healing factor. I understand, yeah, no, right? completely. One drop of blood. Yeah. 
He's essentially immortal. Yeah. That's a caveat uh, that I was in, I was going to mention earlier. Yeah, so yeah, which makes him a crazy equal almost in a sense to Superman, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's and okay, yeah, go ahead. And in in this situation because Lobo and Rorschach probably don't know, I mean they wouldn't know Carnage's weakness, mm -hmm. which is still ultrasonic weight. Sonic so, yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, which in either of Lobo or Rorschach's, you know, utility belts, let's say, quote unquote, just the idea of what they what they carry with them, they don't have access to that immediately. This essentially would just turn into a fight between because I, uh, I'm sorry, Rorschach, as great as you are, you're dying pretty early on in this <laughs> fight. In a fight where Lobo and Carnage, who has put the symbiote over Moon Knight, is fighting, Rorschach is not doing much. Mm. He, he as great a fighter as he is, as ruthless as he is, as far as he's willing to go in this scenario i'm carnage has taken over moon knight and is attacking in your version yeah like this yeah uh so i i for me i'm not even sure who would win but i see it going down to carnage on the moon knight sim uh, with the carnage using uh, uh sorry a carnaged moon knight fighting a lobo while a dead rorschach lies on the ground and <laughs> I, I will add okay. on to one thing because the whole reason why carnage was created right is that the venom symbiote yeah Actually, like, because Carnage is essentially that symbiote is the baby of Venom. Yeah, okay. it's actually it's because they're they're uh, I forget the term when you don't need to like when you're like, is, well you could just split like yeah worms? like well you, well you, yeah like w w they don't need to mate yeah, yeah in order to have a I'm so, not like, sure but yeah I would imagine that the Carnage would be like oh this is another person I would just create I'd I'd allow my my offspring to t mm. that's, that's what I would think instead of necessarily bonding. And, and so I would add here, since we're just going to just go around the round table here in terms of this, uh, this matchup, I think Lobo, you, you mentioned before that they wouldn't know the weakness or how to find Carnage's weakness. I think it would be hard. It would be hard, but Lobo is uh, at times has actually been seen like genius level intellect. He does. Yeah, but like, what? It's been he, proving yeah, he does, he's actually. Created, he's, he's cre yeah, he's created, like, viruses and yeah. antidotes mm. to the viruses. Like, he's actually a pretty smart dude despite his, like, loudish violent nature the only thing um, the only reason I'm, I'm concerned about that is it, it took spider-man forever and by accident to realize ultrasonic sound hinders the symbiote spider-man does fall into things a lot by accident yeah. though so i wouldn't take that as a general thing that a lot like someone could solve that ever way quicker than spider-man he, okay. he he's a teenager he's a kid right he kind of gets ahead on, of himself a lot to add on to toby's point what is <clears throat> what is lobo by trade He's an international, intergalactic ba bounty hunter. Yeah, it's his bounty job hunter. to know how to trap and kill people. Oh, yeah. to say that wouldn't where did take. Carnage, where did Carnage come from? Outer he's space, he's right? out of space. Yeah, he, so he might he might even know about it before he even got to Earth. Exactly. Whoa, 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 the whole premise of not canon is they've never <laughs> met. Now you guys are saying he may have seen him. No, but if, I'm basing it possible. on I'm basing <clears> it on if they've never met and you're fighting this guy, the <clears> the idea of ultrasonic sound being the weapon that you figure out to use oh, in the middle of battle but might not, be I'm hard to saying, come across. I'm not, I'm not saying they've met, actually. I'm saying Lobo might know of what a carnage is. Like that, oh, that the symbiote. He might know what a symbiote is. Right, he might know uh, okay. what it is because he's from outer space. He's intergalactic. He's already been proven to be resourceful. Who's to say that he doesn't have a log somewhere where he's like, okay, there's this. Have I not... Is there not a chronicle somewhere in my files about right. such a being? Yeah. You know? you know what's funny about this whole thing? Is that we are not even discussing Rorschach and Moon Knight at all? Well, because well, I mean, Moon Knight to me gets taken yeah. over by Carnage yeah. and well, Rorschach. Because right. yeah. if, if, which, if which would be in the right scenario, I think, yeah, anyway. Yeah. But but even if you went if you went Rorschach to Moon Knight, I think that's a pretty even pairing. I think it would just be yeah. who slept on who slipped on a banana peel basically <laughs> would Aww. would determine who would win out of these two. Um, but at the end of the day, in my opinion, I think 
it doesn't matter who would win initially. Hmm. At the end of the day, Lobo will win because let's let's I'll throw out two scenarios. There's a scenario where Rorschach brutally kills Moon Knight and gets destroyed by Carnage, and then Lobo de- kills Carnage. Scenario one. Scenario two. Carnage and Moon Knight kill Rorschach. They eventually kill Lobo. There's a drop of blood on the front ground. Oh, yeah. Lobo will get up at one point in time, figure out how to kill them, find them at night, and brutally murder them because he is that like yeah, crazy vengeful. and he's that vengeful and he has the intellect to be like, I went about this stupid the first time, second time, put like a little boombox beside them while they're sleeping, <laughs> gets the thing right. off. Yeah, traps it, the kills fact, the two the guys. That, we're, and I think that's the fact how that he's immortal. The fact that he's immortal would allow <laughs> multiple chance at survival. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I. So I, I go with the, the Lobo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think. I, I mean, for me, it was more an issue of I think Lobo and Carnage would just end up fighting each other. Yeah, for because sure. Because Carnage is going to try and if Carnage wins, like Carnage kills Rorschach. He had Moon Knight as the the, the symbiote. He's the symbiote, but what's it called? The the, the host. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has Moon Knight as the host. He and he sees how powerful Lobo is. He's gonna want Lobo as his host. Oh, for sure. But I don't think I don't think Lobo would. I don't think the symbiote would be able to attach to Lobo because mm, okay. he's too. Because like I actually researched this because he has a. Oh, another reason why Lobo would win if he was actually in a position where he thought he was. Lobo actually has a red uh, lantern ring. That I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. He carries a, a, a rage he, ring. He he did something for the red line. This is something I I figured out like trying to prepare for yeah. this. Uh, the things I didn't realize is that he regenerate from a, a drop of blood. Yeah, that I knew. Yeah. I knew about the the strength, the yeah. healing ability. I didn't realize that he was super intelligent. Uh, which ironically, Toby was citing the reasons why he's super intelligent, being able to like uh, yeah, start, uh, defend against disease and whatnot. But apparently, he did some type of favor for uh, I think uh, Atrocitus, which is one yeah. of the the leaders of the Red Lanterns, yeah. and in doing so, he yeah. gave him in a box a Red Lantern ring. And if you're saying this that was during the uh, Brightest Day storyline, mm. oh, was it? Okay, okay, I missed it. But if you're yeah. if you're saying that, I mean, imagine Lobo. Like if you put Lobo with a Red Lantern ring, that's the equivalent of if he had symbiote on him. In which okay. case, you're saying Lobo with symbiote Red Lantern ring powers Lobo, against Lobo and Sinestro in one. You know, against yeah. just a Carnage. I'm sorry, it's over. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, so guys, uh, tell us your opinions. Once again, this we everything we do, we want you guys to give us feedback. So please do hit us up on our Twitter and uh, on our Vero uh, social media apps. Uh, once again, that's a strong Franklin on Twitter and under Franklin Armstrong Collective on Vero. Uh, so into our final segment, final thoughts. Um, well, I mean, I'm gonna I go. Just I just realized uh, we didn't really state our actual picks real quick, so I'm actually going with the Lobo team. Yeah, I'm sure that, that. Oh, I, thought, I, I, I was more than obvious. I thought, yeah, I thought <laughs> we made it clear. I'm, I still think Carnage uh, in the end. But okay. Like, I, like I said, I think if anything, Carnage is going to take advantage of being a symbiote and just try and spread himself over everyone. And yes, even if right. it, even if he's going to have a hard time going after Lobo, he's a symbiote. The same way that Lobo comes back from one drop of blood is the same way the symbiote comes back from one true. one speck. Um, so does that mean yeah. that they that Car- would this actually actually then this in my opinion would result in just an internal f- no, I pretty a, much a, thought a, it would be an internal summer. battle between Lobo and Carnage. Yeah. That's what that's mm, what I was saying for the they'd be the new devil and god like yeah. you know I really this do. Forever. In my scenario, it comes down to those two pretty much just going at it forever because mm. one comes back from a drop of blood, one comes back from a drop of the symbiote. It's you have then to they compl- decide to just you know what you take this half of the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just don't ever don't ever cross boundary. We'll never be yeah, each other. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, that, that's okay. right. and again, if anyone wants to make comments, I I, I love yep. debating. If anyone were to make comments on 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 the website, I'd be I'd be interesting to hear them. Okay, and uh, Tobes, do you have anything else you want to add? No, uh, no that's it. So, final thoughts, guys. Um, who wants to go first? Final thoughts on this? Uh, well, I mean, I'll let Mister Cozio go first. Thank you. Uh, well, I mean, uh, honestly, I I I would give if you're a Batman. Let's start with the biased opinion first. If you're a <laughs> Batman fan. Pick it up. If you're a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, pick it up. If you like both of them, stop listening to me right now. Go online, get it, or go to your local comic book shop. Always go it. to your local comic book shop. Yeah, yeah, you should always go to your local comic book shop. Um, as for giving this to someone uh, to read, uh, I, I think it would be something easy that anyone could read, whether you are a comic book fan or uh, a non-comic book fan. And the fact that there is a background like in the sense that everyone's heard a little bit of Batman and yeah. everyone's heard a little bit of, I think it's something that I would recommend to almost anybody yeah that's the only fair. thing maybe not kids because there was like some a little bit of stuff, violence yeah. but, but other than that I think it could be uh, 12 and up okay. <laughs> 12 and up and on 10 on 10 pff, 9 9 and a half like oh, I, I, for me I really Very like high. it but, I, but again I, I but I say that with a caveat of excessively biased that's right. and for yeah. this they hit all the things I look for they hit all the things I look for in Turtles and they hit all the things I look for Batman I cannot yeah, cannot knock it. On my end, uh, I think the the writing I gotta give it up to uh, James uh, T. Tynion the Fourth. With a name like that, you expect to be a good writer, um, or, or a Game of Thrones character. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, every time I see his last name, I want to say Tyrion. Tyrion um, Winter's coming. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the writer really takes, uh, and we've said it. Uh, for me, this the story comes across more as uh, a fish out of water situation than it is you know a mesh but that's not necessarily a bad thing in this story uh, because what it does is it takes the best parts of the turtles the best parts of batman's universe and kind of puts them in one playground uh batman's playground and i mean if ever there's a crossover where batman ends up in the teenage mutant ninja turtle world which i'm thinking they probably will want to do at some point that would be interesting too and let you know toby said it earlier on you know when you see these characters playing in someone else's backyard it's an interesting story just in itself that in itself becomes very interesting and to what dave was saying yeah i mean if you're the type of person who loves who who not even just loves a casual person who casually finds batman interesting casually finds the teenage mutant ninja turtles interesting well then this is kind of perfect for you because you just get to enjoy both of those universes kind of crossing over and just doing what they do best good versus evil and you see right. yeah you see the evil being what it is uh, uh, working together to try and take everyone apart and good trying its best to save yeah yeah nine on ten or oh, sorry yeah, what you, on get, 10? you get you get kind of that that campy story minus the camp yeah part. yeah it, yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like that pretty much yeah. um my opinion on oh, it is hold on my score is because i realized i didn't even right. give a score last time when I we did uh no no worries I, I didn't give a score for the last episode so i won't whatever it's too late now but for this one i'm gonna give it a, a seven seven on ten yeah, I'm not going to add too much because you guys obviously already said pretty much everything I'm going to say at this point. I do think as someone who's more of a Batman fan than a Turtles fan, it took me a little bit to kind of accept that, okay, I'm, you know, this is happening. Mm. Um, but once I got into it, like you said, it's a very simple plot. It doesn't have the complexity of a Batman novel, which is good. Because otherwise, it would have just—I think I would have just stopped after the first or second issue. Yeah. <laughs> if that was the case. Um, so yeah, we are getting the best parts of both worlds, and and this is kind of like R. Kelly and Jay Z, best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then with that said, I think my ranking for this one will. Uh, so when I rank these these graphic of this comic books or whatever we're reading, I'm going to go by sort of 
type of story or type of um yeah type of story type yeah. of characters so i'm not gonna rank this in the same universe as i'm ranking or i ranked moon knight that's fair yeah. um yeah i'm gonna give this a 7.5 out of 10 okay simply because it's a fun read yeah, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. It's just like if I was to watch an action movie and I watch a comedy and I give one... I would rate them the same. Yeah, you, you, you're using the same scale, but your reasoning behind it is differently. And I agree. It's yeah, different, right? Yeah, this one, the, the, this is very different to the Moon Knight and, you know, that we rate it differently and such. Yeah, uh, yeah guys, that's uh, the second edition of uh, That's Canon. Amazing. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's been a, an amazing time doing the show for you guys, and we will uh, be we'll catch you guys on the next one. Uh, but before we go, uh, Dave, do you want to tell people about Squared Idea? Yes, uh, give out another shout out to squaredidea.com. The original founding members being Chris Nicholson and Mike Wilcox, two guys dedicated to bringing up or trying to connect people who do not have the regular resources who want to be creative. So any artists who you 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 don't have a, an artist you don't know what direction you're going in or you're an artist looking for a book to draw uh, that's why squared ideas around so please reach out to us whenever you want we have two books right out right now uh, one created by mike wilcox being the fathom which is a very interesting zombie apocalypse story and then me and chris co-writing trinity which is essentially the, the police force of the underworld underworld meaning more like your classic monsters uh werewolves vampires mummies etc etc if you want to hit up squareidea.com to check us out or you could also check us out on patreon which is a great website to find uh, new emerging artists i suggest to go to both yeah toby anything you want to tell the people no aside from seeing you next episode there you go nope. yes, we're good and then the, the usual for us, hit us up on franklinarmstrong.com. That's the website. You can check out Geektastic Cypher. That's our other podcast that Toby and myself are uh, half of the uh, that team. There's also Jaws D and Skinny. And you can uh, check us out also on Twitter and Instagram at A Strong Franklin. And then you can find us on Facebook.com slash Franklin Armstrong, D-O-T-C-O-M. And on YouTube, tinyurl.com slash Franklin Armstrong, D-O-T-C-O-M. And finally, on Vero now, where we will be putting up recommendations. So we'll probably put put up this uh, this title uh, if we can find it on Vero, because it's usually things that are on the system. But we will list this under our recommendations when this episode comes out. And you guys should check that out. Under Vero, we are Franklin Armstrong Collective. That's the show. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you very much for tuning in to another edition. We'll be back next time. Peace, everybody. Come on back. Who says?